Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump. Busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain. Problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child five years ago. And if you'd told me then I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Hi, welcome to what is the final episode of the series. Oh, so much has happened in the last few weeks. And as ever, I'm just so proud of what's happening here. And I'm really grateful to everyone who listens and gets involved. You know, Every time you do listen or you share the podcast or you review the podcast or subscribe, you're helping to get it in front of more people, more women who need this information and support around pelvic floor problems. So please keep doing that after today. Um, You know that my favourite bit is the messages that you send in. One mum told me this week that the podcast had made her feel seen And that's exactly what it's about. It doesn't matter that there might be thousands of miles between us, but we're all going through the same kind of thing. So please do find me on social media if you haven't already and join in the conversation there. I still think there's a lot more to talk about. So I will be back for series three. And if there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear from or any issues that you'd like me to take a look at, then let me know. And if you have any thoughts on how the podcast could reach more people, then drop me a line. I am open to all suggestions. Today's episode was inspired by a lot of chat on my Instagram page about pessaries. It's something that many of us have heard about. Some of us have tried it, but like the vadgets thing a couple of episodes ago, it's another one that needs a bit of explaining. And guess what? I have the perfect person for the job. Gaynor Morgan is known as the pelvic angel. She's an award-winning pessary inventor, a pelvic health advocate and educator. She teaches pelvic floor pilates or filates as it's known and she advises doctors on pessaries. So yeah, she's an expert and she also has the best story of how she got into it in the first place. uh, It was quite bizarre really because You have to know basically that my mother had me when she was just 17. So I grew up with my mother more or less like a best friend rather than a mother. But um, yeah, so she had stress incontinence and had what they call the TVT, the transvaginal tape, which worked for about five, six years. And then she found she was incontinent again. And all this happened around about mid forties for her. So, you know, she was young and uh, she had uh, a partner and this really affected her her life with her partner. And she was really outgoing, um, you know, going to discos (laughs) back in the eighties. Oh, brilliant. On the dance floor, (laughs) uh, dancing to soft sell. Yeah. But um, so all this impacted on her quality of life because she just stopped going out and she became depressed and she went to the GP and the GP hadn't even offered her physiotherapy. She just said, here's a bunch of antidepressants, get on with it and no more surgery for you because you're overweight. So that made her feel even worse. 
and she battled with depression. And it was, I was out in the Middle East at the time, so I wasn't seeing the full impact. And when I came back on leave, I really did see this. Uh, she also at one stage wanted to take her own life because of it. And both mum and I, so my mum was a nurse for the NHS forever. And I sort of was an NHS nurse and left nursing to go out to the Middle East. And then when my mother sort of, you know, she'd finished a relationship because every time she was having sex, she was wetting herself and she didn't know if it was the natural lubrication of her body or as if, if she was actually urinating. And we'd never heard of pessaries or anything. So we sat on the sofa and just said, do you know what? Every time I'm menstruating, I'm using a tampon. I don't leak urine. Mm. So we looked at the anatomy side of it and thought, gosh, it's that simple. This tampon is compressing against the urethra and that is what's stopping involuntary loss of urine. So <clears throat> it's important to say that mum had urinary stress incontinence. There are different types of incontinences. So with this tampon against uh, the urethra, she was great. So what she ended up doing then was putting a condom over a tampon because we were well aware of toxic shock syndrome and you should never use a tampon outside the recommended use, uh, which is during menstruation. So then we ended up saying, right, okay, we need to look at making our own. <laughs> We'd actually written to the tampon uh, manufacturer saying, do you know what, if you dip this in latex, I mean, this is how naive we were, you were going to have an amazing product to stop women leaking. Well, you know, you could imagine, sort of, they must have thought we were a couple of fruitcakes. I, I love that you did that. <laughs> And I think this is where innovators and inventors, they do dare to take that step yeah. and, and sort of out of their comfort zone. And if somebody laughs at them, they'll think, well, no, actually, I'm going to prove you wrong. So we had this uh, air dried clay because I used to do a lot of activities with my daughter when she was young. And then we got a candle and a McDonald's straw and then a keychain, <laughs> the round part of a keychain so we immersed that into this air drying clay and we thought right this is going to be our mold so if you imagine this then we filled that up with li liquid latex and then we when it dried it took days to dry and when it dried she put a condom over it so when we took it out it was just like a tampon with a little stem on it and the ring was so we could retract it back out of the body and then people were like, you know, I came from a very small village in Wales, so everybody knew if, if you farted in the wrong direction, you know, <laughs> Mrs. Jones down the road would soon complain. <laughs> and so we, we, we had women knocking on the door going, can we have one of these products, you know? And <laughs> we were quite happily making them <laughs> in the kitchen, not realising that there could have been a lawsuit around the corner <laughs> that could have caused some kind of damage to somebody. Anyway, we went to Swansea uh, Hospital, Singleton Hospital, and mum was under a brilliant gynaecologist there. And she started talking to a gynaecologist. And this gynaecologist, Mrs. Morgan, turned around and she said, actually, my husband is one of the lead urogynes in Wales. I've got to talk to him about this invention. Wow. So that's how it all started. So Mr. Emery then uh, called my mum and said, can I have a look at this? 
device that you're you're sort of handing out to patients. <laughs> so we went down there and he said, yeah, I think this there's something in this. The the mechanism of it would certainly work. So he said, go away, do your research, get me some proper material, and we look at it seriously. So I did. And this took, I mean, we're talking over 10 years research and all this. This didn't happen overnight. And so we went to all the medical fairs and everything, looked for the best material. And we, the best material, which was the most inert, was medical grade silicone. So we started then producing this in the UK. So we did the prototypes, got MHRA approval. So all the, the legalities were in place. Um, and we went to clinical trial with it. And then it, it was a small trial. But nevertheless, we had a 73%, I think, uh, success rate. And we had 30% coming off the waiting list for surgery. So this little device, which was costing, you know, a few pounds, was giving people quality of life back. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, mum passed away uh, very yeah. young, suddenly, just before the clinical trials were produced. Such so a shame. She didn't get to see so that. So sorry. Then, yeah, it was, I mean, I was devastated. And I got to be honest, I, I lost two years of my life just in yeah. oblivion. I can't even remember the two years after my yeah. died. And so I thought, you know what, I can either spiral into the wine bottle or I can pull my finger out my backside and move forward and help as many people as I can. And what a legacy for your mum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I opened the business in her memory um, and it just went from strength to strength. And, you know, the, the product, which was called Incostress, it, it gained momentum globally. And, you know, the, the letters that I'm having back from daughters of mothers, mothers saying it's made a huge difference. So that's how I got into the pessary sort of realm because I was contacted then by a pessary manufacturer saying, oh, could you sell ours? And they, what? <laughs> so I said, well, I'll sell it, but you have to train me up. So I've been trained up on all of the pessaries from all of the top manufacturers. And then I started getting requests from hospitals in the UK. Can you come and train our staff on these pessaries? So... If I go back a little bit, a pessary is a medical device that is inserted into the vagina, holds up and supports the internal organs. So it can be useful for urinary stress incontinence. It can also be used as a trainer to stabilize the bladder when people have got overactive bladder. So if you've got urgency, key in the door syndrome, oh, need to go to the toilet, can't get there, and you've wet yourself before you've reached the toilet. So a pessary. Uh, can be sort of inserted and, and used as the stabiliser. It can also be used then for pelvic organ prolapse. I'm hoping this is where this might be really useful to people because if you are in this world, unfortunately, you've got issues that you need to be looking into. You've, you've perhaps heard of a pessary and I think you might have heard of a ring pessary, but actually there's so much more available and, and different shapes and sizes that do different things for different women. And it's so easy just to, even if you try one, it doesn't work. You think pessaries, that's it, they don't work for me. So like, is there a good way to kind of categorize them or say, okay, we've got this kind and we've got this kind and this is what, is there an easy way to break it down like that? 
from a medical the side of view yes you've got the three categories <clears throat> so you've got the space filling uh, pessaries which are like your donuts your cubes um, and they will basically sit in the vagina you can't have intercourse while these are in place because they're taking up too much space so that's one category the other category is then the lever pessaries so the lever pessaries um, they were originally designed for people with an um, a uterus which is turned the wrong way basically and then the cervix is pointing the wrong way so these will just hook onto the cervix and just gently bring the cervix pointing back to the, the sacral area so then the biggest ones that are used are the support pessaries so yes. these are the three categories so rings would come into support pessaries um there's there's so many uh the shats and I'm not swearing. <laughs> um, so these are literally placed in, they're there. Now some pessaries can be left in for up to three months at a time. And then they come out, you know, the doctor will take it out, check everything's okay. And then you're good to go. You can put it back in again. Some are self-managing. So you can take it out every day or you take it out two, three days. It, this is the beauty about pessaries is that the women have full control over what goes in and what comes out of their body. And so how, is it is it the case that certain pessaries are for, if like depends on your anatomy or which bit of has prolapsed or how old you are or your lifestyle or how, how do you begin to know what's the right one? Right, don't bring age into it. Ah, <laughs> so many doctors, GPs yeah. say, oh, you're too young for a pessary. Well, there's nothing in the legislation that says as long as you're an adult female, then, you know, you're not the youngest lady I know, she had a fourth degree tear on childbirth. And she's been using a pessary, she was 18. So, Gosh, you know, yeah. and then people say, oh, you're too old for a pessary. No, if it can support the internal organs, there isn't a date or an age limit on there. Um, when I do the training to the, the physiotherapists and, and the doctors, what we get them to do is get everything about their lifestyle. So the pessary marries up with what kind of prolapse they have, what grade of prolapse. So you've got a grade one, which is hardly noticeable, but you might get a little bit of symptoms. You may be asymptomatic or you get a grade four where the internal organ is literally hanging out of the vagina. So certain pessaries would be suitable for that type. Certain pessaries wouldn't. Um, but it really is important to find out the lifestyle of the patient. The patient always comes first. And it makes me laugh because a lot of people forget that, you know, you might be over 60, over 70, over 80, and they assume you're not having a sex life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got one lady, she's in her 80s, God love her, and she's still got a healthy sex life. And then she came to me and she said, my doctor's given me this pessary, I can't get it out. It's, he's told me to keep it there, it was the donut, keep it there and I'll see you in three months. But I need my sex. Yeah, good <laughs> for her. Yes. Uh, so again, you know, if you are a oh. GP listening, please, please just ask the question because you can get pessaries that these patients can insert and they can have intercourse with the pessary in situ. Mm -hmm. But if you are otherwise fit and well 
apart from the prolapse or the incontinence or whatever it is. Do you believe there is a pessary for everyone that can help? Um, there are certain people that I think would not fit that and that usually falls into patients who have had what's called an avulsion so women who have given birth and they may have had forceps delivery or traumatic birth what can happen is that the ligaments from the pelvic floor the muscle that is attached to the bone that comes off or is very sort of very very thin so that's an avulsion and these patients you need some kind of integrity within the pelvic floor to keep the pessary in place. Uh, so these patients would probably find it super, super difficult to retain a pessary. Yeah, okay. You need a tiny bit of strength, at least a little bit of grip in some way to, to, to hold it in. Okay. Um, but and, and so as someone who's obviously, you know, seen a lot of women with pessaries, what's the improvement in lives that you have seen like how how good a fix is it or can it be it's i mean some of these women have gone from suicidal to 100 percent back to being normal if we can call it normal again you know but again a pessary is just a tool I always advocate that you need physiotherapy, proper pelvic floor training. Let's get that pelvic floor up to the strength, up to where it needs to be. Oh, it's fascinating because I've said it before on the podcast, but I um, personally tried a couple of ring pessaries in different sizes. I think I remember the first one fell out in the hospital car park as I left. So I went back, got a bigger one, got a different one, tried a couple. Uh, and it was okay. And I kind of got to the point where I wore one for quite an extended period of time. Um, but then I was uh, seeing a physiotherapist and wanting to, to do more work in that sense. So I had it removed um, so that she could uh, investigate and see what was going on, basically. And I, I didn't really feel any different afterwards. So I kind of I never put it back in again. Um, but now I would like to go back and, and see what else might be available because I just feel like it's something that's worth persevering with a little bit. So do you feel right now that you've not got enough support in the pelvic floor or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will always feel a bit bulgy and I and I do run, not, not, you know, really far, but I like to run and I'm aware that that's a kind of a vulnerable, I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position for things to get worse. So for those two reasons, that's something that I, yeah, I've made the call. I'll be on some big long list somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, that, that's what was going to be my other question, because you, you will you will know this. If there are people listening, you know, some people might be listening and thinking, OK, I've, I've not tried it before. I understand it a little bit better now. But where do I go? Like, what is what is the official route, let's say in the UK, to try to try a pessary? So the official route, the, the, the first place is your GP. Mm -hmm. Go to your GP and a lot of GPs can fit pessaries and do fit pessaries. But isn't it so unfair that somebody living, let's say, in Hull isn't able to get that treatment because the GP simply doesn't know about pessaries? Another... Somebody in Swansea, you know, they've been trained up and yeah. and, and this there's nothing in the UK. Everything is is so staggered and, and antiquated. Um 
So it's so they'd go to their GP. Hopefully they'll give you physiotherapy. And more and more physiotherapists now are being trained up on, on pessaries. They're knowing about them, and which is great because they can advise the patient. Or the GP would send you straight to a gynecologist, urogynecologist, a rectal surgeon, depending on what you know your condition is. You can also uh, pick up the phone to a pelvic floor health physiotherapist and get treated straight away with them. And and then there's the private route as well. So again, you know, there, there's lots of different routes. But if you are going on the NHS route, then it's the GP is your first stop. And what I'd say to women is. Do your homework and don't be afraid to question your GP. Don't be afraid to educate your GP because if the GP, let's say, has never heard of uh, a Schatz or a donut or an inflatable pessary, they're just going to give you the standard NHS rings. Does the NHS have access to the full range of pessaries? Because I know there are, there are dozens of them, but you only ever really hear about the ring. Yeah, you, so on the NHS prescription, you've only got the ring, you've got the PVC ring, and you've got the silicone rings, and then you've got the gel horns. They're the only types that are available on prescription. The rest, then, you'd have to buy. But, you know, they're only saying only. I know that some people really struggle with finances, but 40, 50 pounds will give you a pessary for the next 10 years. So over the long sort of time of it, it's not costing you Mm -hmm. anything. The only thing that you need to be aware of is that uh, the all the pessaries come in different sizes. So they have to be measured, you have to be measured properly to be able to know what size pessary you need to get. And and the routes that we've talked about, um, if if one of those people, the GP, the physio, the the specialist, the gynecologist, whoever, um, decides that it would be something that is not available on prescription, would they say, look, we have these available on prescription. I don't think these are right for you. Why don't you try the cube or whatever it is? but you will have to buy it yourself. Is that something, a conversation that would be had? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think as long as the patient's willing. And I think, again, you know, in all fairness to doctors, they're not mind readers. So a lot of doctors may not even suggest this. So it's up to the patient, you know, start sort of doing your research about these different pessaries. Take a picture and say, look, what about this? Do you think this will fit me? Do you think this will suit me? Um, most of the experience I've had, the doctors will say, well, give it a go. You know, yeah. let's measure you. These, This is the measurement that you need. Off you go and go and buy it yourself. Come back to me and I'll fit it for you. And then we'll see. If you have um, a first-time pessary user, then the doctor or the physio would fit you. And in an ideal world, which is not happening because of COVID, but you are fitted you walk around for 20 minutes, you go and have a cup of tea, you come back, then you try to empty your bladder to make sure that the pessary doesn't fall out down the toilet. They will check your, your that the pessary is in situ properly, and then off you go. They normally should then contact you via email within 48 hours just to check up to see how you're doing. And then two weeks later, have you back in, making sure that there's no pressure coming you know causing abrasions or anything 
um, and then you're good to go for another three months. And and how should it feel if it's working? So um, when you go for your fitting first, my first tip for patients is take a, a mild analgesia because it can be very uncomfortable. And when you're lying, you know, flat on your back with your, your legs akimbo and they're sort of having a good look around rummaging around <laughs> seeing what's going on number one it's uncomfortable and number two your natural instinct is to tighten everything up you know and mm. make it worse so try to relax as much as possible and then once you've had your pessary fitted it is not unusual to have cramping period like pains for the first 12 hours right okay um, it shouldn't be unbearable. You should be able to walk around and do your normal things. If that cramping pain is so unbearable that it's giving you a backache that you can't control, if you've got shooting pains down your legs, any of these, call the doctor immediately, have it removed, see what's going on. Because a lot of the time, um, again, women who have given birth and who have got pudendal nerve damage, sometimes yes. the pessary can push onto the different nerves and trigger off like a, a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So again, there are reasons why pessaries cause pain. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to get to the root cause of that, maybe find a different shape, you know, yeah. um, and maybe it, it, it just isn't then the route to go for that patient, unfortunately. And then I, ideally, sort of more short to, to medium term, it should you should just not be aware of it and perhaps just feel a little less symptomatic. And Yeah, and most of the patients, they forget about it. Like, yeah. you know, when you've got tampon in, when you've got your periods and you, you don't feel it at all. Some patients, if they've got uh, sort of quite a low prolapse, then they might just feel it when they're sitting down or they might just be aware that it's there but it should not interfere in any of your daily life chores okay um i hear sometimes from people who have bought their own pessaries maybe the the waiting lists are just far too long or they felt like actually they managed to get enough information to do it themselves is that something we should be considering or what what do you think it's a difficult one isn't it yeah, I'm, I'm kind of against this simply because you don't know what's going on in your internal organs. You don't know if, let's say, somebody who's had previous surgery, the scar tissue, what the state of that is. Um, don't second guess the size of a pessary because that's really important. If you end up with the wrong size and you can't get the pessary out, mm. that could cause complications. Um, so I would always, always advocate that you need to see a medical professional first to see if you are a candidate and talk about the pessary then. Don't rush off and get anything any of these gadgets off the internet. So be it a medical device as a pessary or these pelvic floor toning electrical stimulation. Again, these are all things that really need to be done under the guidance of a professional person. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about um, innovation in the in the pessary market. I mean, is is it still happening? Or is, is this some sort of golden goose of pessaries that is yet to be invented that can sort us all out? Oh, that wouldn't that be amazing? No, I mean, <laughs> the two pessaries that I brought to market, um, they, they're suitable for some, they're not suitable for everybody. And I think because we're all individual and we are all different, 
on the inside and the outside. You know, our vaginas are as unique as our thumbprint. There isn't going to be one pessary that can sort of say, here we go, this is going to fix everybody. It's just not, I can't, can't see it happening in my lifetime. But there are companies out there who are continuously working on different methods, shapes and everything. So that, yeah, innovation doesn't stop. I loved that conversation. I hope it was helpful. None of it, as ever, is intended as medical advice, so please seek out your own professional help. And if you're thinking of trying a pessary, then let me know how you get on. I'll put Gaynor's details in the show notes, but you can find her on Instagram at Pelvic Angel. It's worth mentioning too that earlier this year, the UK's first ever clinical guideline for pessaries was released, and there's loads of good information in it, so I'll link that in the show notes too. You can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why mums don't jump and it can be completely anonymous if you prefer. Thanks to everyone who's done that so far. It really means a lot. Thanks to all the brilliant guests who shared their stories and expertise over the course of series two. I never underestimate what it takes to do that. Emma Barnett, Tiffany Sequera, Chantel Sandham, Jilly Bond, Peace Bailey, Claire Bourne, Dr. Jan Russell, Amanda Savage, Gaynor Morgan, and of course, Sky and Jess. Thank you to my husband, Paul, for your support and a banging website. And to Kat Pearson, a listener who volunteered her design skills to rebrand Why Mums Don't Jump in the best possible way. You've been listening to Why Mums Don't Jump with me, Helen Ledwick. You can find me on social media at Why Mums Don't Jump, where I'll keep you up to date with what's happening, or online at whymumsdontjump.com. Bye for now.